Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The text upon which we meditate this evening is recorded for us in Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son to be born of a woman, so that he would be born under the law, in order to redeem those under the law, so that we would be adopted as sons. Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, what's the date today? It's obvious, Pastor. It's December 24th, isn't it? Everyone knows that it's Christmas Eve. But what year? 2019. Have you ever wondered about the year? Both religious and non-religious people believe that this world has been here far longer than 2019 years, so what gives? Why does our calendar say that it's December 24th, 2019, 2019 years after what? Our modern calendar was put together by a monk in the 6th century, and he desired this calendar to be focused around a specific event the most central and key event in all human history. So much so that all the years before this event referred to as BC and the years after referred to as AD. And that event, of course, is the event that we celebrate this evening and tomorrow. The birth of the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. So this evening we take up the theme, the time had come to send God's Son. Knock, knock. Interrupting cow. Moo. It's been said when it comes to comedy that timing is everything. That you can have the right punchline, but if you don't deliver it at the exact moment, it won't have the effect that it should. So also, God desired to send his son at the precise moment in human history. During this Advent season, we've been focusing on so many Christmas clues that God had given us in the Old Testament. Christmas clues pointing forward to the birth of the Christ child. Clues that began back in Genesis chapter 3, a famous verse that we read today about how God promised that he was going to send the seed of the woman to come and to crush the serpent's head. Many wonder if Adam and Eve, at the birth of their first child, actually thought that that child was maybe a fulfillment of the promise. Because Eve's words in Genesis chapter 4 could very easily be translated, that I have received a man, the Lord. And yet Cain was not the Messiah. Nor did God choose to send the Savior during the time of Noah, or the time of Abraham, or Moses, or King David, or even when the children of Israel were hauled off to Babylon. But God decided to wait and so the children of Israel waited with him, waited for the Christmas event, longing for it. For you children here this evening, are you ready for Christmas? Of course, Pastor, we've been ready for Christmas for the last week, maybe the last month, no, probably the last year. We've been waiting for this night. Can't we just get this sermon and the service over because we want to get home and we want to maybe open those presents too. 
right? Christmas is something that we very much so look forward to, especially the celebration with our families and opening those gifts and those presents. Imagine the children of Israel, though, waiting for so long, for hundreds, even thousands of years, waiting for God to actually reveal the Savior, for this big event to take place, the Christmas event. But God chose a particular time in human history. And why this time? What we saw in our gospel reading for today from Luke chapter 2, how God used even human history in the sending of the Son, as he ordained that this son would be born at a precise time when a ruler who didn't care anything about God by the name of Caesar Augustus issued a decree that everyone should be counted. A census should be taken. And because of this world event, it caused two people, Mary and Joseph, to come from the city of Nazareth down to the city of Bethlehem. The very precise location that God had foretold through the prophet Micah where the Savior would be born. Not only this, God knew that the ruler over that area of the world, Judea, King Herod, was a cruel tyrant. And upon hearing that a king was born, he'd want to try to kill that child. And so the Holy Family would flee also to Egypt. So also could be fulfilled God's promise, out of Egypt I have called my son. And so many other prophecies from the Old Testament scripture fulfilled at that exact moment in human history, not the least of which is all of the imagery and depiction of the sacrifice that the Savior would make on the cross. It was only during that time in human history when crucifixion became prominent in the Roman Empire, the regular and common way for criminals to be executed, to fulfill what was said concerning the Messiah, that he was pierced for our transgressions and cursed as everyone who is hung upon a tree. Yes, God chose that exact moment in human history to fulfill what he proclaimed in his word today. God sent his son to be born of a woman so that he would be born under the law in order to redeem those under the law so that we would be adopted as sons. What was the purpose of God sending his son? It was adoption. To adopt us his children. Now, I myself have quite, I'm really impressed with couples that want to adopt children. The reason is this, it takes a lot of time, energy, effort, and money to adopt. Think about all of the, the forms that need to be filled out, all of the patience and the process and all of the resources taken to fly maybe to a different country, maybe to, to pay the price for all of those forms to be filled out properly. So much time, so much effort, so much of their resources to ad- adopt a child that they don't even know. You see, they adopt children not because that child has done something so wonderful for them or makes them feel so great, but they adopt a child that they maybe only know his name. They maybe only have seen a picture And yet, out of their love for children, wanting to give one child a better life, they choose to go through all of that work, all of that effort to make that child their own. This is a picture, in a way, of what God does for us. Think about all of the effort described in God's Word for us today. All that God must do to make us His own, and the incredible cost. 
I can't think of one parent that would we be willing to pay the cost described in our lesson for today. To give your own natural-born child for another that is not your own. No matter the, what the plight of that adopted child might be, no matter how much that child needs you, it's not worth giving your own son or daughter up, especially a son or daughter who loves you, who's faithful to you, who listens to you. This is what God does, doesn't he? He gives his precious, holy son, his son who obeys him perfectly in every way, and he gives him for us who don't always love God the way we should or obey him the way we should. And he gives him to be born of a woman so that he would be born under the law. You know, parents make rules for their children all the time, right? You have to go to bed at 9 o'clock. No TV during, uh, on a school night, right? And nobody will say that the parent is a hypocrite if the parent watches a TV show at night or if the parent goes to bed at 11. Everyone understands that the parent is much higher than the child and the parent lays those rules just for that child for a very specific purpose. So also when it comes to God and his moral law, there's many that would not accuse God of hypocrisy if God himself didn't place himself under those same rules, but that's exactly what he chooses to do. As he sends his son, that son is to be born under the law, under the same Ten Commandments that God has placed on us. Those same Ten Commandments that we break every single day of our lives in thought, word, and deed. But unlike us, this Son comes to fulfill those commandments, to fulfill God's law perfectly for us. And He does so to redeem us. Redemption is a word that means to buy back. Yes, God would pay a high price for us, not just in giving His Son to live a holy life, but also to offer the life of his son up on a cross for us. I want you to think this evening about your own self and your own sin. How many sins do you think that you've committed in your entire life? Is it a thousand? Tens of thousands? Hundreds of thousands? Millions even? Now imagine all of those millions of sins multiplied by all the people here in this church. It's a lot of sin. Now imagine all the sins of the people of the Mankato area or the people of the state of Minnesota or all the people in the United States or even all the people in the entire world that's over 7 billion people all committing millions of sins. What price could ever be high enough to cover that much sin? You know, I think if, if the entire world was made out of gold, it still wouldn't be a high enough price to pay the fine, to pay the debt of all that sin. It would take something far greater than anything created, anything on earth. It would take the most valuable thing in all existence. What is that? Well, isn't it God himself, the one who is the source and creator of all things? And that's exactly who it is who comes down from heaven above to earth below, to be born of a woman. It is Emmanuel. It is God with us. God in the flesh. And it's this son that God gives as a sacrifice for you and for me on the cross. And because it is God who offers his life there, we can be sure that our sins are covered. And not only our sins, but the sins of the entire world. 
This is the reason we celebrate at Christmas time. This is the reason that the children of Israel had to look forward all of those years to the birth of a child, but much more, the birth of the Savior, the one who could truly come to take care of their sin and through his sacrifice to bring us and unite us back to God and make us heirs of eternal life. That's what a tremendous event God caused to happen some 2,000 years ago. May we be filled with joy this Christmas season as we, be, we are reminded of who this child is, that he is God's son and our savior from sin. Amen. Invite the congregation to please rise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore.